The True Crime Society podcast contains adult themes and violence and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. If you'd like to skip the intro, please refer to the timestamp listed in the episode description. Thank you. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the True Crime Society podcast with Stephanie and Olivia. Um, as you guys know, I think we talked about how we we double recorded because I was going away. And, you know, just one week off and I already forgot like what time we recorded at and <laughs> had to start late because I was like, oh, shit, I forgot we record at five and not 530. <laughs> so then even I had to look at our old messages because there's been obviously all the time changes too over the last like our time change in October. I think it was changed in November. So yeah. it's been kind of up and all over the place for a little while. Yeah, yeah it's easy. It's amazing how quickly you forget. One week off and I'm just lost. I don't know how to do anything anymore. I don't know how to podcast. Even I was thinking, because we also record Patreon on this at, in the same kind of recording session. I'm like, I can't remember which one we do first. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I went to Vermont. That was fun. There was snow up there. Had some beers. Nothing too crazy happened. Stayed in some hotels. It's funny. I don't know if I talked about it here on Patreon, but I was talking about just how hotels are expensive. I stayed at one that was like a fair price and one that was a little more expensive. I actually liked the one that was cheaper better. So expensive <laughs> always doesn't always way. mean better. No. I feel, and I feel like sometimes they're expensive for their like facilities or whatever that you're either not going to use or not so much the actual room where you're going to spend time. Yeah. It, it's crazy. <laughs> I just remembered this. The expensive hotel, it was like $300 a night. Me, that's not expensive to some people, but I'm not trying to spend $300 for one night in a hotel that I'm not even going to be at that much because I'm going to be out. But there was like, the person who stayed there before us must have had a pet. Like it was dog friendly, I think. And there were so many little dog furs on the bed, but it was so late at night that I was like, I'm not going to complain. And now I'm like, I should have complained. Maybe I could have gotten a discount because the, there was like little black furs all oh over God. the bed. I would have absolutely, like, I'm all right with dog hair because I, you know, have dogs, but I don't yeah. pay to go to a hotel. One of my favorite things about a hotel is the beautiful, clean bedding. No. Not, and the bedding not, at not the more moderately priced one was so nice. Like, it was the softest sheets I've ever been on in my life that I was going to be like, I need to message them and find out what these sheets are because they were, like, butter soft. <laughs> I still might because <sighs> I want those sheets. They were so nice. Was it a chain hotel? Because I think sometimes you can look it up. They actually put it on their website. It's like they're owned by a chain company, but it's like you see it as like a little boutique hotel, but okay. it's just in disguise. I'll have to look. I'll have to do some research. If I find them, I'll share. <laughs> um, but anyways, you were saying that you had a neighborhood crime. I told Olivia not to tell me what happened until the podcast so I could have a real reaction. It's so like it's extra weird because where we live, I don't like it's not rural. We have houses around us, but everyone has like between maybe three and five acres. So it's quite spread out. Our street is long. It's a dead end street. It's a very quiet street, obviously, because it's dead end. So no one comes down here except if you live on the street. We're at the very, very end of the street. So literally our end, you couldn't get any quieter. So I went to work yesterday morning and I was looking on our local Facebook group, like the, the community Facebook group, and someone made a post that, which I shouldn't laugh, but it's just so weird, that um, a car had driven up on their grass. So everyone has a driveway, but rather than use the driveway, this person had driven up on the grass and had done like burnouts on the grass. Then they got out and told, so they, they did this to two separate houses they got out and told them they wanted petrol for the car. Like I think they asked for diesel and beer, <laughs> right? And they're like, no, go away. And when they left, like they did more burnouts and ripped up the grass. So they did this at two houses, the house next to us and the house across the road from us, which I don't even know why they didn't come up our driveway because we have a gate that I never, ever, I should, I always leave it open. It's just, oh, it's fine. But they didn't come up our driveway for some reason. The two houses they picked are really tucked. Maybe that's why they did it, tucked away kind of off the road. Yeah. Like much harder to get to. There's houses on the street where they're right there. You could go up and say, give me the petrol and the beer. No, then apparently they drove down the end of the street, got out of their car, which I'm assuming had no petrol, which is why they were trying to 
steal petrol and then stole someone else's car (laughs) down the street and drove off in that car. So when I saw all this was happening on the Facebook page, I messaged my husband, I'm like, oh my gosh, I left the gate open. And the other thing is to, which I shouldn't laugh because it's silly, but I have a good relationship with the postman. So he knows the doors that I leave open and stuff like that for him to put the packages in so the dogs don't eat them. And I'm like, oh my God, like there's a sign saying, put the packages in this. It's, you know, it's unlocked. So he went, my husband went and like secured the house while this person was still running around. Um, Apparently like the police know who it is, but I guess. They didn't get him yet? Well, I don't know. I haven't heard today. It's only morning here. So this all happened like in the last 24 hours. But I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I know. And do you know what? It's a silly, dumb crime. No one got hurt. And I don't think anything was actually stolen besides like a can of petrol that someone had in their shed. But how awful. Like I'd feel violated if someone did that at my house. And even I'm so glad. It ruined your yard? And I would have been here with my kids. Like, I just feel like they would have freaked them out. It would have been, like, it's such a dumb crime, but it's also very, it's violating. Scary. Like, just, you know, yeah, the smallest of crimes where someone can come onto your property and demand that you give them things, that's just horrible. Like, the people, th- obviously, it sounds like there was drugs or something going on because this is not normal behaviour. But, um, yeah. yeah, just a weird, like, thing out of the blue that happened. And it was happening at 7 a.m. in the morning. So Especially for the well. people whose car was stolen. I know. Like just a weird, like nothing happens here. It's quiet. No one ever comes down here. And then all of a sudden for this to happen to three houses on the street, it was crazy. I remember even when I used to work at the mall, my car got broken into. Like someone broke out one of the windows and like went through all the shit in my car. There's nothing crazy to steal. but And it obviously isn't that serious of a crime. But I remember it just feels so icky to know like some random person was like in your space like going through all your stuff and just like violating is yeah. I guess the best word for it like it just feels ugh. even I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before but a few years ago my parents house got burgl- like burglarized when they were away mm-hmm. and the person just stole the most ridiculous stuff like clearly they were looking for things that they could sell quickly so they would stop they stole like half used perfume I think they stole one golf club just like there was a bunch of other stuff that would have got them a lot more money, but obviously would have been harder to sell. But then the fact that they just trash everything, trying to find this shitty stuff to take, it's just violating that someone's yeah. in your house and thinks it's all right to do that. Yeah, that's what happened at my aunt's house too. They like flipped everything, like ripped all the drawers out. It's like not only then you have to deal with the robbery and your stuff being stolen, but you have to clean up the mess. Yeah. Rude. Very rude. Anyway, that was just kind well, of a weird keep us posted. crime story. <laughs> yeah. And I think I feel like that one of the houses I know, the people who live there are quite elderly. So my husband was oh. talking to their daughter and he's like, they're really shaken up, which is horrible. Like you would be, anyone would be. But, yeah, just a random shitty thing for someone to do. Yeah, hopefully they get him if they haven't already yeah. in the car. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> Post his mugshot and, or the article <laughs> when it goes up. Mm. We also just wanted to talk quickly about – the Spotify wrapped. We got so many nice messages from people. It was so cool to see everyone post us on their podcast lists. And it's just weird to see us like next to big podcasts on know, people's like, lists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or even just like Bailey Sarian and we love other <laughs> big true crime podcasts. I'm like, wait, me? I'm on your list and you listen to them. Like I'm not that cool or interesting at all. One of the stats, I think, if I remember rightly, that Spotify gave us yesterday was that our listenership has grown by 175% this year on Spotify, which I would absolutely agree with because I think Spotify is now our main listener platform, whereas it used to be Apple in kind of the early days of the podcast. But based on the amount of messages and things we got yesterday as well, like that's absolutely the most we've ever got of people sharing their wrapped with us, which was so cool. And really, you know, we really appreciate you sending it all. We've tried to share them all. So a bit of an overload on our stories for the last few days, but I think everyone enjoys seeing them while they're, you know, new and fresh. Yeah. And what what you just said made me like realize that that's not even all the listeners, that's just Spotify. Yeah. Like I never really like, thought I, about I, it. I can't remember what the breakdown is, but I feel like Spotify is now maybe like 70% or even something like yeah. that, whereas Apple used to be more, but not Yeah. Anymore. And another cool one was we're in over 60,000 people's like top mm. 10 podcasts, which mm-hmm. is cool. That is cool. And when you think about too with true crime, there are a lot of podcasts. Like when I try so and find many. a new one, I'm like, oh my gosh, where do I even start to find one? Because there's so many. But yeah, it's really cool that everyone is spending their time with us and we appreciate it. So yes, we're very grateful. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for all the nice messages. Anytime you guys send us a nice message or comment, 
it makes me feel a lot better because <laughs> I know we talk about like the mean people, but it's true how you could get like 10 nice comments and then one kind of mean one and that one can just ruin your day. But with all the nice messages, it really helps deal with the online trolls and rudeness that <laughs> us and even other podcasters, like I'm sure they all feel the same way or anyone who puts content out there. So it's always nice to leave a nice comment because it really can help cheer the content creators up. One thing I d- I've been meaning to do, it's kind of on topic for a few episodes, is we got one review where the person asked us to mention them. So I really wanted to do that and I have been forgetting. Her name is Scary Terry. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my top favourite podcasts. I listen to you guys all day while at work and you keep me going. I don't think you guys are annoying at all and I love the chat. My favourite moments are when you hear Pete. Don't listen to the haters because you have plenty of people who love this podcast. It makes me feel like I actually have friends. And by the way, I'm Stephanie's biggest fan. Please mention me on the podcast. We do try and share all of the nice reviews that we get on our stories, but I just wanted to call that one out because she took the time to write, so we will take the time to thank her. Oh, my God. And especially a fan of me, usually on the one that's like, she's so annoying. <laughs> thank you, Scary Terry. We're BFFs. If people see her, I'd make her give you a meow, but uh, she's, she'll turn up later. <laughs> When she wants to. Yeah, when she wants to, when I don't want her to. <laughs> but she'll she'll make an appearance. I'll have her give a meow. Oh, and if you haven't noticed, I'm a little sick. So if I sound a little stuffy, that's why. I'm not drunk. I'm not slurring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sick. <laughs> All right, so today we're going to talk about a case I'd say is pretty well known. The case of Missy Beavers. I feel like most true crime people at least know the name, even if you haven't really followed the case or looked that much into it. Because it's one that's just so, I feel like I always say they're so strange, but I guess that's why we're here talking about them because they're so strange. It feels like there's so much evidence out there to kind of help catch the murderer and they're still, it's still unsolved. So it's just one of those ones, it's how is that possibly not being able to be solved by now? And there's just so much to talk about because there's a lot of video and just like a lot of mystery. So it's not even, I mean, it's older, but it's not super old. It happened in what, 2016? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, like it's still, and when I posted on Instagram and asked people what their thoughts were and a lot of people have thoughts on it. So I feel like it's still kind of current enough that people know what we're talking about. It's not something that, do you know what I mean? Like that we have to introduce to people. Yeah. It is a case that still baffles police. On April 18th, 2016, Missy Beavers arrived at Creekside Church around 4.30 in the morning to prepare for a Camp Gladiator class she was about to teach. What she didn't know was that there was a suspect inside the church dressed in what looked like police SWAT gear. A surveillance videotape shows the person arrived 30 minutes before Missy and roamed around until she arrived. Renee Rodden is a local podcaster who has followed this case for years. It's like something out of a scary movie, uh, watching the person walk around a church and covered from head to toe, basically knowing that she's going to be showing up soon. Rodden and even police now believe Missy was targeted. It certainly is a strange occurrence at this time of morning for a church to be burglarized early in the morning. Missy students from Camp Gladiator found her around five in the morning and police say nothing had been stolen. I don't think it's random. You can clearly tell that they're kind of like wasting time. There's nothing that was taken from the church and there was nothing taken from even Missy. It had to be planned and it had to be targeted. Police released the surveillance tape hoping people would recognize the person's clothing and the way they walked with a limp. But to this day, they can't say if that person is a man or a woman. In past interviews, Missy's husband gave us his opinion. I just assumed it was a guy, you know, it's just kind of a generic uh, painting of the brush on that, but I I think it's a woman. And without suspects, they don't have a motive or even a theory. Police have followed thousands of tips and leads around the country, but they have gone nowhere. The billboards for information are still up, and police say they could just be that one tip away from solving this. All right, so we'll get into it. We'll start some background info. Peep is here. She came to say hi to Scary Terry. She is (laughs) rubbing on the microphone. She's not meowing, but she is in a very annoying position for me right now. If you hear anything on the microphone, it's just, it's Peep rubbing on it. Peep. She gave a little meow. Peep. (laughs) I'm literally holding her in my arms. (laughs) She's so annoying. All right, so we're going to start some background into Missy Beaver's case. So she was born in 
Graham, Texas, on August 9th, 1970, to James C. and Norma L. Strickland. She has an older brother named Clifford and a younger brother named Clint. Missy graduated from Jacksboro High School in 1998, and then she went on to Tarleton State University. She graduated from there with a Bachelor of Science degree in 1995. And I skipped over this part, I think. Um, Her real name is Terry Beavers, but she was my Missy. That's weird because you think, like, I know Melissa. Melissa, yeah. short for Melissa Melissa sometimes, but yeah. Melissa. (laughs) Melissa. Um. Missy went on to work in retail after graduating, and she married her husband, Brandon Beavers, on June 20th, 1998. After the couple married, Missy went back to school to get a teaching certificate and special special education. She taught until she had her first child, Hannah, in March 2001. She had her second daughter, Allie, in March 2003, and Sarah, her third daughter, was born in November 2007. As her children grew up, Missy's new passion became fitness. She got into great shape and was fitter than she'd ever been in her life, so she decided to become a camp gladiator instructor to help others improve their mental, emotional, and spiritual fitness. Missy's family has said that she loved the ocean and the beach, and they said she was an inspiration and loved God and her family. Everyone was invited to be friends with Missy as she never met a stranger. Missy held her camp gladiator boot camps in Midlothian's Creekside Church of Christ, which is around 20 minutes away from her house. Midlothian is around 25 miles southwest of Dallas and has a population around 37,000. According to citydata.com, the 2020 crime rate in Midlothian is 68, which is 3.7 times lower than the U.S. average. It was higher than 38% of U.S. cities. The 2020 Midlothian crime rate fell by 14% compared to 2019. In the last five years, Midlothian has seen decreasing violent crime and decline of property crime. There doesn't seem to be actually too many current stats that I could find about the crime in Midlothian, but in this case, it doesn't really matter because we're talking about a crime that happened in 2016. So even if it's a little bit different now, um, th- they, those stats were kind of representative of the area at the time that Missy was, was murdered. Yeah. So Missy was scheduled to have her boot camp class at 5 a.m. on Monday, April 18th, 2016, and the weather was going to be stormy. So the night before, she told her students that the class would be held inside the church when it was normally held in the church's parking lot. So you could still see the post. It's kind of eerie now that you know what happened. but Yeah, like her Facebook is still up. We were just talking about it. Yeah. And it's eerie because usually they get like taken down or things like that. But hers is still up. You can still see a lot of her posts and it is definitely an eerie feeling. But this had a picture. It says... If it's raining, we're still training. It says, no excuses, you are gladiators. And then it just kind of has the information about the class and that it's moving inside instead of where they normally had it. And like it gives specific, it says 5 a.m. Creekside Church of Christ. We have cover under the front awning. So like exactly where she was going to be, what time. um, It's now eerie, obviously, now that we know what happened. So if someone was looking to target her specifically it wouldn't be that hard to figure out where she was yeah if you want to have a look at her facebook it is like she posted a lot she was super active on social media posting multiple times a day and then obviously it just stops once this happens but it's just her facebook is under it's missy.beavers so if you type in missy beavers it'll be the first one that comes up yeah okay so we'll get into the timeline for the morning of april 18th now around 2 a.m cctv from businesses near the church showed a vehicle in the parking lot Investigators describe the vehicle as a 2010 to 2012 Nissan Altima or a 2010 to 2012 Infiniti G37. Police said the vehicle was seen driving slowly around the businesses with its lights turning off and on. The driver parked briefly before leaving the parking lot. So it is in the obviously we can't show the video. They'll be on the blog and Instagram, whatever. I'm sure a lot of people have seen them too. But it is kind of a weird video. Like the car's just driving around aimlessly, <laughs> turning their lights on and off in empty yeah. parking lots. Like, I, Someone, I feel like it surely has to be related to this case because why else would anyone be doing that? But, yeah, yeah, or it could yeah. just – someone could else made just, the point of like it might not be because this was two hours before it happened mm, unless they were just – Scoping out the area. Yeah, or it could just be a weird coincidence. Who knows? So 3.50 a.m., the suspect is seen on CCTV at this point at the church. The suspect wore what appeared to be a SWAT police uniform and tactical gear from head to toe, including a vest that said police on it in all capital letters, a black helmet, and a black pair of gloves. 
the estimate of the person to be about 5'8". Some reports say that the height could be anywhere from 5'2 to 5'8". They base that off because the person goes up to like a door frame, so you can kind of estimate how tall the person is compared to the door frame. I did also see that the police uniform, like it was verified not to be real tactical gear, like maybe a costume of some sort. Hmm. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they can tell, but <laughs> I feel like the uh, footage of this is kind of really well known in the true crime space like it's quite clear like obviously the person's got a mask type thing on so you can't see their face but they're walking around the halls they kind of go in and out of doors it's like it's no it's distinctive footage yeah it's it's weird because um i guess we could talk about more later on but the person they're walking around the church and they're just kind of like poking around they don't seem nervous they don't seem like they're trying to be sneaky they're just like wandering around looks like they're wasting time just poking around kind of like messing up stuff causing some light destruction but not really they don't seem to have any adrenaline or i don't know the word yeah, we'll talk about theories, but I'm assuming that the person was there with the intent of harming or killing Missy. So to know that this was going to happen in the next hour, they don't particularly seem rushed or stressed or anything like that. They're just kind of, yeah, walking around. But even around. if that's the case, if there's someone who was planning to murder someone, they seem super chill. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's crazy. It's just, you know, yeah, yeah it's wild. Anyway, we'll talk yeah, more in our theories. Yeah, definitely if you haven't seen the clip, you should pause now and watch it so you'll see what we're talking about. It's on the blog, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the person on the video also appears to have a unique walk with their feet turned outward, more predominantly on the right foot, police said. Police noted that it's possible the person's unique walk was caused by a temporary condition. The suspect used a pry bar to smash glass and open a side door at the church, which didn't have an alarm. Outside surveillance cameras at the church weren't working at the time, of course. Missy pulled into the church parking lot at 4.16 a.m. She was there early to set up for her boot camp class, which started 45 minutes after that. Missy got out of her truck and started walking into the church at 4.20 a.m. At the time, the suspect can be seen rummaging around the church, carrying a hammer. The person spent several minutes in the kitchen of the church. The first class participant also arrived in the parking lot at 4.35, but they were waiting in their car till it got closer to start time. So we're assuming more people for the class arrived and they went into the church and they're the ones who came across the crime scene and they called 911 by 5 a.m. There's two calls made to the Midlothian Police Department and police arrived at the church by 5.07 a.m. This part of the timeline is a bit strange, but one of the class participants called Missy's husband, Brandon, to tell him what happened. Brandon then called his sister, Christy, and asked her to come and be with the kids. He told Christy that Missy had been in a car wreck. Around that time, police called Brandon to let him know that Missy had been killed. At this point, it seems like we're still talking about a car wreck, which I'm so confused about. I meant to like look into for like why yeah. she wasn't even in a car. Why was this even a thing? I guess I don't like me like my thinking. Then I when I it's like I had to kind of decipher this from different articles. But maybe the person was kind of frantic. He's like, "She's dead. She's dead." And I guess you would never think that she's been murdered. Like you would your first thought would be that she's been hurt in an accident or something that's the only reason maybe they said like an accident and something yeah yeah assumed car accident yeah yeah okay that makes more sense because i'm like she's in a building like why are they talking about car accidents but maybe they said accident and then you know you're just adrenaline's going you're probably not thinking clearly you just assume car accident yeah so christy the sister then spoke to NBC and she was telling about how they had to kind of break the news to Missy's daughters. She said, my mom, myself, my stepdad, and my aunt and uncle went over there. We woke them up out of bed. We told the girls what we were told originally. It was the most awful nightmare you could ever imagine, telling three kids they don't have a mother anymore. Missy's autopsy was conducted the following day, April 19th. Police said Missy was deceased from a head wound and that the person in the video used an unknown instrument to cause the death of Missy Beavers at this location. At that time, police did not release her specific cause of death due to the ongoing investigation. Missy's truck was also seized by police. Her purse, iPad, and other personal belongings were inside the vehicle, and her gun was also still inside the truck, which is just so, like, sad, because she went out of her way to get a gun for protection, Yeah, and then it was in her car. 
I guess the last place that you'd ever think you needed protection would be in a church at 5 a.m. Yeah, four <laughs> in the morning. Mm. Midlothian police said their investigation was being assisted by the Texas Rangers, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, and the Federal Bureau of Investigations, a.k.a. the FBI. The video depicts an unknown male walking inside the church building dressed in police-type uh, clothing and wearing a helmet and gloves. He is designed to look like a police officer. His intent was to look like a police officer. Police say the killer was dressed in full tactical gear with a helmet, a vest that says police on the back, and gloves. The killer first appears on a church security camera at 10 minutes to 4 Monday morning. About 30 minutes later at 4.18, 45-year-old Terry Missy Beavers arrives to begin setting up for her Camp Gladiator training session. There's no video of the assault that took place. There is video of, of, of Mrs. Beavers when she first enters the church. Missy Beavers' last Facebook post announced she'd be at the church at 5 a.m. If it's raining, we're still training. I was actually having a class inside the facility today because of the rain, and so her students actually were in the building and found her. I was in uh, Biloxi, Mississippi, uh, about to go on a fishing trip down on the Chandelier Islands, and uh, I heard about it this morning. I received a phone call from a couple of Missy's campers. Missy's husband, Brandon, arrived home late this afternoon. He would not talk about details of the investigation, but told us he's having trouble absorbing his grief, focusing now on their daughters, 15, 13, and 8, and wanting people to know what kind of woman his wife was. She was very passionate about uh, transforming people's lives physically and mentally. She transformed herself into a just a very fit person, and, and her desire was to... Uh, to do that for others, I'm very thankful for that, and I'm uh, thankful for her uh, being such a good wife and a good mother to our children. She's had a very uh, impactful relationship with a lot of people here in our community, and I'm very thankful for all of it. I pray that uh, you know whoever did this will be caught, and uh, I pray for all of the people who. Uh, who cared so much about my wife. Investigators had originally referred to the suspect as he, but then they changed their stance on it. They said, Midlothian Assistant Chief of Police Kevin Johnson said, we're backing off our statement that the suspect on video was a man. I know we said he over and over yesterday, and that was a mistake. There's a lot of speculation based on the gait and appearance that this person may be a woman. It's a legitimate question right now, and we'll no longer say the suspect is a man. Which I understand, because first instinct you'd say it's a guy like yeah. who's normally attacking women like this men and who's like the outfit is masculine Manly. like obviously you know women can wear it too but i i absolutely understand why the first assumption was it was probably a man who did this yeah like i always thought man like just kind of like in passing but then when you really look at the video and like really look at the person and watch i could definitely see why people are like mm, i think that's a female and it could absolutely be part of the disguise to for a female to try and look like a man to you mm -hmm. know, cover up what was happening. Yeah. Got it. All right, Rich, a couple of questions. Police, the police chief uh, during that news conference kind of referred to the killer as a he. I don't know if the video, I, I can't tell. And, and you've got law enforcement experts saying the video, in fact, may show something else. What, what are they saying? I've had several people look at it and say that's a woman. In fact, one of the people who told me that is a retired longtime investigator from the Dallas County Sheriff's Office. He says this appears to be a woman to him. And the more I look at it, I think it very well could be a woman and not a man. I don't think we can say for sure that it's a man at the very least. And does the tactical gear play into that? I mean, what are police saying about that? Could that be just, you know, a gender hider or is there more to it than that, do they think? Well, and that's a, that's a question that came up a lot in our newsroom too. How easy is it to get this stuff? To uh, to get this such realistic uh, tactical gear? I asked an investigator here. He says all of it that he has seen in that picture in that video can be bought online by anybody. You don't have to be a licensed police officer to buy that stuff. It's out there. Okay. All right, Richard Ray in Midlothian tonight. Thank you.
So police looked into the alibis of those close to Missy. This was a bit confusing, as it seemed like Brandon would have gone to the scene when he was called about Missy, but he was actually away. Um, He was in Mississippi on a fishing trip on the day that she was killed. We think the kids were at home, probably sleeping, while Missy went and did the class. The oldest kid was 15. None of them were really little. I think the youngest would have been at least 10. So. And she probably um, would have been home, like I'm assuming the class by the time was like they five got till up. six or something. She probably would have been home by 6.30 or let's say seven. So they yeah. would have maybe still been in sleep. Yeah. So like I said, Brandon was actually in Mississippi on a fishing trip and he gave police plane tickets and car rental receipts and things like that to prove his whereabouts. He said it took him eight hours to drive home after he learned of Missy's death. Brandon's father, Randy, would later also be scrutinized after he took a blood-stained shirt to a dry cleaner following the murder. Randy told the employee at the dry cleaner that it was actually animal blood. Um, the police described the shirt as a woman's white long sleeve shirt that was stained with blood. And after he dropped off the shirt, the employee called the police to let them know, which is very vigilant of them. Mm. But Randy explained that the blood came from their family pet dog, Kilo, and that there was a dog fight and their dog was actually killed. And it was from when he was carrying the dog from the house to the vet so that's how the blood got on his shirt brandon the husband brandon missy's husband said i wanted to make sure we put this fire out this is such a non-issue we want to address it fast the fact that the person at the dry cleaner had the wherewithal to call police we need more of that vigilance so police did end up analyzing the shirt and they did confirm that it was dog blood rough go for the family i know crazy Yeah, Doug and Kaylee, according to the search warrant, Midlothian police have seized a woman's white shirt sized double XL that Missy Beaver's father-in-law allegedly took to a local dry cleaner just on Friday. This appears to be a copy of that receipt. You can see the description here. It says pullover animal blood red all over white. Now, Randy Beaver, as well as his son, just uh, has been in the police station here behind me. They're inside of that police station right now. According to detectives, Randy Beavers took four shirts to the dry cleaner, three shirts described as men's shirts, one double XL women's shirt with blood stains on it. On April 22nd, the dry clean super center reached out to police that same day. The clerk said that Beavers had explained the stains on the white shirt came from, quote, animal blood. Now, our team spoke to Randy Beavers himself. He says he was aware that police seized that shirt. He explained the blood is animal blood. A family dog, he says, a chihuahua was involved in a fight with another dog, and he was wearing this shirt at the time. He says he has provided police with a statement, and his son briefly explained the situation just outside of the police station for us. It's a chihuahua? Right. And he got in a dog fight. That's, that's all I'm going to say. i got to get some water done. very quick statement from him. In addition, a top law enforcement official told CBS 11 authorities are leaning towards believing the blood did in fact come from an animal. This is very important to note. Police have not released uh, the names of any suspects at this time. In fact, police put out a statement via Facebook today addressing rumors that there had been an arrest in this case, saying the rumor is false and this investigation is very much ongoing. Randy gave an alibi of being in California with Marsha at the time that Missy was murdered. So Missy's funeral was held on April 23rd. On April 24th, the following day, Brandon's mother posted this letter on Facebook. It said, Letter to the murderer of Missy Beavers. Do you even realize what you have done to her daughters, husband, our whole family? Was it really worth it? Why did you think this was necessary? You know who you are. Your husband slash wife and family members know who you are. They know your special walk. Right now, they are as guilty as you are by not coming forward. I honestly pray you do not have children. My granddaughters at least have the knowledge that their mom was a kind-hearted, loving, caring person. You've now ruined your children's life, along with your family's life, by doing this senseless act. We can at least visit Missy's gravesite, even though we have the comfort of knowing she is already in heaven. Your family will get to visit you in prison, forever reminded of your crazy, selfish act. What a legacy you have doled out to your family. I'll be praying for all of them. I truly feel worse for your family than mine. Please come forward. Give yourself peace. Give our family some peace. Give some honor back to your family. God will forgive you. We will forgive you. Because we know and you know that is what Jesus has commanded us to do. 
Well, Heather, we're here at the Cowboy Church of Ellis, uh, Ennis County, and uh, I tell you what, tonight was supposed to be a church service for those who had missed Sunday morning, but I was told by the associate pastor that what it turned into was simply a lot of people standing around huddling together to pray for the family of Missy Beaver. Now, associate pastor told me also that uh, he's been with the family today, consoling them, praying with them. I'm told her husband, Brandon, even ran sound here at the Cowboy Church for several years. This church is just about a mile down the road from the church where Missy Beaver was killed, and the news has left members here feeling as though they got the wind knocked out of them. She was remembered today by one of her friends as an outgoing, smiling, positive person. She loved her kids, and um, she was just a mom. She was everything to her kids. So. Um, it was just a shock today. She just wanted to make people feel better about themselves. So that's what she was all about. And um, she was, that was her personality. So the murder happened in April and then in early May there was an article from NBC which suggested that Missy and Brennan had been having marital issues and that they were also fa facing some financial issues at the time that she died. This same article says that Missy had received a, quote, creepy and strange message from an unknown man on LinkedIn before her death. Police issued warrants for nine people at this time who had, quote, target phone numbers. So this is from the NBC article. It says, according to one of the warrants, messages recovered from the phones owned by Brandon and Missy indicate and confirm statement and tips provided to officers of an ongoing financial and marital struggle, as well as intimate personal relationships external to the marriage, which is basically someone was having an affair an or affair. some type of affair. The police did not say whether any of this information was a factor in her killing. It says the extracted data provided police with a list of potential persons of interest, which were the target numbers based on the communications on the phones, which were text messages, photos, and recovered deleted messages. They had target numbers, which included 11 phone numbers for nine people. So that indicates to me that someone has, or at least two of them have, two phones for some Burner whatever phones. reason. Um, in another warrant, a detective said a friend of Missy's told them that less than three days before her murder, she showed them a private message on her LinkedIn account from a person neither of them knew and that they both agreed the message was creepy and strange. The friend couldn't recall the name of the person who sent Missy the message. Detectives also identified another person who confirmed to police that he'd engaged in a series of communications with Missy on LinkedIn starting around January 2016 and that the messages were, the messages were flirtatious and familiar. They performed a data extraction on both that man's phone and Missy's phone and that communications appeared intimate in nature and that they had been deleted after the conversation had ended. So weird, like LinkedIn is such a random place to try and pick up someone. I know. I guess that's when LinkedIn was kind of bigger back then but yeah and I guess it was kind of maybe prior to tinder or whatever else as well like there was maybe less choice of ways to like find dating people. apps yeah I really want to know what the message said they never say what it said I've never mm. seen it anywhere just that it was creepy and strange and it's so weird like I'm sure in discussion groups and stuff on Facebook people are speculating about who these people are but they've never ever been named as suspects or named publicly kind of by the media or by police so still very tight-lipped about it at this point, like, at least give us the message or, like, mm. the name the message came from. So in May 2016, which was a month after the murder, police gave this update. It says, at this point, none of the family, friends, or co-workers are considered suspects. All but one of those leads have been exhausted. The last remaining lead involves a car that pulled into the sporting goods parking lot at around 2 a.m. So that was the car we spoke about earlier that kind of had its lights on and off was seen in the area of the church. Yeah. Brandon spoke to people and gave an update on the investigation in May 2016. He said, I'm privy to some things that nobody is aware of and I'm impressed with them. I really can't talk about anything in terms of the investigation because it's ongoing, but I have quite a bit of faith in what they're doing. He said, we've had such an outpouring of support coming from every direction. We've been bombarded with blessings. One thing he did mention is that because Missy was the primary person on the health insurance policy, he was told recently that it's no longer valid. He said he'd been trying to use it to get counselling for the girls and that he wasn't able to. That's rude. Yeah. I, I was reading about, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but there was a case recently I read about the doctor in New York who shot her baby and herself. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah. And then her husband has now had to go fund me because she was the life insurance or the health insurance holder and he can't use it anymore for his counselling after losing his whole family because 
now she's dead. The health insurance. Man, you think they'd give you some sort of like grace period? Grace period, yeah. So Brandon's mother, Marsha, spoke to people also and she talked about finding out about the flirtatious messages that Missy had sent. She said they, quote, knocked us down a little bit. Marsha said she wasn't aware that the couple had been having either financial or marital problems. She said, I mean, as bad as it I mean, as bad as it is on the girls, especially the older ones, for Brandon to lose his wife to murder and then find out about the flirtatious remarks to other people has got to be devastating to him. She said, I mean, enough's enough here. So that month we learned more about Missy's cause of death. Even though they said she died from a head injury or head wounds, we learned that she actually died from puncture wounds to the head and chest. Midlothian police said the wounds are consistent with the tools the suspect was carrying throughout the building. So I'm assuming this means the hammer, which because obviously a hammer could cause puncture wounds. He also, there was like a crowbar too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it could be something like that, like something with the pointy ends. Yeah. So it's that's such a brutal way to murder someone. And it wouldn't yeah. be quick either, you wouldn't think. No, it would It'd be very brutal, but I don't, unless it depends where they hit you in the head, I guess, but probably just bleed out. Mm. hopefully like obviously hope you would hope that she didn't suffer and maybe like one blow to the head out. was enough and that was it so in 2019 police investigated a tip that had been phoned in multiple times and involved former tactical police officer bobby wayne henry bobby had been known to attend mass at the church where missy was murdered he was also said to own riot gear similar to what the suspect wore and he walked with a limp Bobby has said at the time that the right gear no longer fit him and that the main issue was basically that he was six foot one, which is a lot taller than the suspect is thought to be. His alibi was eventually corroborated and he was ruled out as a person of interest. So obviously things went on over the years, but things did quieten down when there was essentially no new information to report. In 2021, five years after the murder, police gave this statement to WFAA. Midlothian Chief Carl Smith said, it's difficult to believe that five years later we have not made an arrest. I will tell you that we have not ruled out or confirmed one path or the other, which is weird because they talked um, earlier about eliminating a whole bunch of people, but I guess maybe they're just talking about in terms of the people, like the person who they haven't found the suspect. Yeah, like since then, I don't know. Mm. So by 2021, the reward in Missy's case had grown to $150,000. Brandon said at this time, I've been holding on for hope, trying to stay busy. You have the family, Missy's family, and there's still a significant amount of sadness that still prevails in our hearts and minds. In 2022, Dr. Michael Nuremberg, who's a forensic podiatrist, was asked about the gait of the suspect. He said, for the most part, I was telling them that the person was different and that there was one person who I felt walked similar to the person at the crime scene. So it's kind of an ambiguous update, but I guess it just shows that people are still looking into it as of 2022 and trying to figure out more about the suspect. Yeah. Something I was listening to today, just because it's talking about the the gate again, is like, I doubt this person walked like that on purpose because it'd probably be hard to remember to make yourself Keep that up. limp like that. Especially when you've like, got so much other stuff going on, like pre- prepping for murder, breaking into the church, all that stuff. Yeah, even though they seem pretty friggin' chill. But mm. <laughs> but they were like, imagine this person doesn't have a limp and was just smart and walked with one. And that's like the one thing so many people are focused on. And it's just like, I wonder if criminals do that mm. ever or why don't more do that? Because it's a big focus of this investigation. So this year, 2023, Brandon spoke to the Dallas Observer. He said, I've walked a fairly straight line my whole life. You know, I was a Boy Scout. I've never really strayed outside of what was expected of me socially or as a son or as a father or a husband. So to be considered a suspect in your wife's murder through the interrogation and questioning process, it really, really put me in a dark place. Brennan also told the Observer this year that they weren't really having financial problems, but that there had been an affair that came to light in 2014 and that the couple had been working through it. He said, my first priority is these kids. My second priority is the investigation. He said he cares deeply about how Missy is portrayed because she's not here to defend herself. So that is kind of it up to date in terms of the actual crime and the timeline of what's happened since. There are a lot of theories in this case. Um, We asked on our Instagram stories what people thought had happened, so I'll kind of mention that as we go along. So the first motive for the murder is that Missy possibly disturbed a genuine break-in by the person in the police gear. Um, I feel like this is probably unlikely, especially because police have said they haven't, didn't find anything missing in the church. Missy had the iPad, you know, all the valuable items in her car, they weren't taken. 
So I feel like it probably wasn't a genuine break-in. The suspect was there just for the purpose of hurting Missy. And on the video footage, it just, they look like they have no mission. Like they're not like looking around, looking for stuff, going in things. They're just like farting around, meandering around the hallways, like opening some doors, but it doesn't seem like they're opening the doors to look in them. They're just like doing it to do it. One kind of, this is kind of an add-on to that theory, is that the suspect actually staged the scene to look like a burglary burglary when it was actually a targeted attack on Missy. And I feel like that seems like it's actually very likely because she, you know, just thinking about it, she walked into the church, she saw the damage, she saw the broken glass, whatever was, you know, destroyed. But then she saw the police, police officer. And so she may have felt safe seeing that person there. This mm. would have meant the suspect would have had time to approach her and that she wouldn't have fled as fast. Like obviously if you go in and you see someone in a balaclava, you're going to run whatever yeah. but she if she saw the person was the police she'd think oh great you're you know you're already here you already know about it and then that person could have attacked her so I think that is a very plausible scenario yeah um one other kind of motive is that Missy may have been having an affair with a LinkedIn person or another person police did speak to the LinkedIn person who told them that his interactions with Missy were flirtatious and innocuous and nothing more um even though they're creepy and strange <laughs> I do feel like the affair could be, an affair could be motive for this. Like, especially if it's a woman, it could have been, like, maybe if that woman had a husband and Missy was having an affair with that person, it could have been, like, the affair could have been motive, but it was probably not the LinkedIn person that is the suspect, if that makes sense. Yeah. So the other thing that's been spoken a lot about, and I know a lot of people do believe this theory, is that her family were involved. Obviously, Brandon seems to have a pretty tight alibi. He was in Mississippi, which took him eight hours to drive back. So he probably couldn't get, you know, to and from there in time to kill Missy. The other person that people seem to talk a lot about is Randy, who is Brandon's father. I know he has the alibi of being in California with his wife, but when I asked on our Instagram, I would say maybe 90% of people said they believed it was Randy and apparently he has a walk very similar to the person in the video. And But when I'm like, but he's apparently got an alibi, like why do you still think it's him if he was in another state? And someone said that he's, the main part of his alibi was corroborated by his wife. Um, but I feel like surely this would be one of the main things the police would look into, surely. I, just, I also feel like even though he had a similar kind of limp, it he doesn't walk, like I saw the video that people are talking about of him walking, he doesn't walk the same way as the person. Peep, stop messing with the wire. He doesn't walk like the same way, in my opinion, as the person in the video because the person, he walks like a little more like bulky, manly like overweight older guy not to be insulting or anything um but the person in the video does walk more femininely in my opinion i even saw some people say online that almost the weird walk seems like maybe they're wearing clothes that are too big for them or too heavy for them that they're kind yeah, of like, like struggling to move around in the person seems more even though they have this weird limp kind of they seem a little lighter on their feet than him yeah. In my opinion. So I think out of her family, it seems like the two possibles that people always talk about are Brandon and Randy. I personally don't think it was either of them. Um, maybe at the end we'll give a wrap up of what we both think, but I, I don't think either of them is the actual murderer. No, I don't either. So I guess who else would kill Missy? She posted exactly where she was going to be the night before. You know, at the time, I'm going to be here at 5 a.m., rain, hell, or shine, come and train with me she gave the killer exact times and the location for where she planned to be the next morning which I really 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 feel that this was 100% a targeted attack because why else would someone be at a church at 5am hoping for someone to show up that they could murder I just feel like whoever it was knew that Missy was going to be there at that time and went there to kill her it's also interesting because she got there so early it makes you wonder did they know she got there like so early for her classes because they got there at like 3.50 yeah and then she got there at like 4.20-ish. And how do they know she wasn't going to show up like at the same time, wait outside, like walk in together with a bunch of the students in the class? Like it just makes you wonder, did they know she normally got there like a half hour earlier to set up and do things like that? I don't know. 
So someone actually sent us a message, which I found quite interesting. Obviously, we haven't been able to verify any of this and there's no names given, but I did find that this was a very interesting theory and I feel like it could be very plausible. Someone wrote us a message saying they're from the area and they said basically Missy was having an affair with a Midlothian police officer. The officer's wife found out and killed her. The officer's wife had recently had ankle surgery, causing her to walk a little weird. So it would be easy for her to get any kind of officer gear and be able to cover up evidence. Um, I know that you said that the police gear was apparently found to not be real, but mm-hmm. that's an interesting theory, um, which would make a lot of sense in a lot of areas. Yeah, I think it's definitely plausible. I mean, I think the person is a female after watching the videos and just like looking at how the person moves. And if it was a targeted attack, I think the person is a female. If it was a small chance that it was just like a weird break in, like just someone causing trouble and Missy just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, then I would say it's a male. But yeah. targeted attack, someone specifically there waiting for her. I feel like the person is a female and they were trying to look like a male. Maybe they even knew that there was cameras there. Like you can usually just see the cameras if maybe it was someone who's been there before, wanted to make themselves look like a male, look bigger than they really were. Obviously, assuming that the people who Missy was communicating with were males, I'm, you know, like obviously we know the male sent the message on LinkedIn. I don't know who who had the affair. I'm assuming it was Missy, just based on Brandon's like his kind of tone and verbiage that he used. But and the mom said stuff too. Like it was yeah, hard so to I'm assuming like I, the only reason I'm bringing this up is because I assume that if Missy's having an affair with a man, that man is probably maybe married to a woman so that's makes sense like there's obviously there's proof of infidelity we're not just saying or maybe she was having an affair there's proof that there was an affair by someone there was these kind of texts with people who weren't Brandon so I I I also probably agree it's likely a woman um I just don't think any other man besides Randy for example would really have the motive to kill her unless she you know cut it off with him and didn't want to you know be in a relationship or whatever he maybe he threatened to tell Brandon if there was another man but mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think it was a woman. I do think the affair situation is very plausible that this woman found out Missy was either having an affair or trying to have an affair with her husband. I feel like they it must have something to do with these, either the messages or the infidelity that was going on. Yeah, like someone that was jealous of her for some yeah. reason. I absolutely don't think it was a botched burglary by a random person. I feel like it was 100% targeted to Missy and that person knew that she was going to be there at that time. And even just... I don't know, this might be like a dumb thought, but if it really was a man or someone who could easily overpower her, like would they, I feel like it was would be more like a woman, an angry woman type of thing to do to hit her with like a crowbar or a hammer where yeah. a man could have probably overpowered her or beaten her up or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, if you have any other theories that we haven't really discussed, I can't even really think of what any others would be, um, you know, random, which we've just covered, targeted. It's just basically who is the actual murderer that we just don't really know. Yeah, I wonder if this case will ever get solved. It's like mm. person didn't they? I think they were wearing gloves or something, gloves. right? You yeah. just think God for someone to murder someone with a hammer or a crowbar, surely they would have to leave something behind in terms of DNA or evidence. But I guess not. Or maybe they just haven't done anything else wrong, so their DNA isn't on file. Yeah, even they might not have left DNA if they just hit her quickly a couple times and left like if they had a hood on to like a helmet I mean to cover their hair basically all their skin was covered there isn't really much to leave behind oh I saw I don't know how true this is I saw I was trying to skim some reddit comments before someone said it was said that when Missy arrived the person whoever it was like lured her to them like in a room somewhere by like making noise did you have you ever heard that no i haven't heard that one see i don't know if that's true so i don't know if i'll leave it in but i thought that was interesting because there must be more footage of some things i saw that they said they didn't have footage of the actual murder but they have footage of her like showing up and walking in that they haven't released so there must be more. It's kind of interesting. I just was having a look on Reddit while we've been chatting too. This is an interesting comment. I really think it was a pregnant woman. That's why she can't 100% prove it. She no longer has the same body type. The gait is similar to a pregnant woman's gait, so she would no longer have that either, which I know mm-hmm. like when you are pregnant, you can sometimes kind of waddle a little bit like, you know, when you, especially in the late stages of pregnancy. So that's kind of, I don't know if I believe that, but it's kind of an interesting theory. 
Yeah, it's hard to tell because they definitely have like gear on, so you can't really see what their body looks like. They do talk in these comments too about the footwear that the person is wearing is probably like if if it's a woman, the footwear is probably large for her, so it's That's hard to walk in shoes walk. that are kind of a bit big for you. So that would explain mm-hmm. maybe why she was, or if it's a she, why she was walking awkwardly as well. Yeah. I guess they could look pregnant. It's you can't. It's like they're wearing like a bulletproof vest type looking thing. So you can't really, they just look square and bulky. It's so crazy. There's a whole Missy Beavers subreddit where there's like the last one was five hours ago. So even though this is, you know, a few years old now, it's still a very active case with people discuss, discussing it all. It's just like, it's really fascinating. I know that sounds like a bad thing to say, but you could look at this video so much and you, it's so crazy and have this video of this person just walking around and they murder someone and all these years later, still no idea who it is. So just quickly, I wanted to mention one case, which I feel like we spoke about in a really early podcast episode, but it reminds me a lot of this case. It's mm-hmm. about Elizabeth Barraza. So Elizabeth was also in Texas. She was in Tomball, Texas, which I think is where Kayalana went missing from, another recent case. But oh, yeah. Elizabeth was shot to death on her driveway on January 25th, 2019, while she was setting up for a garage sale. There's an article that I've pulled some info from from ABC, which kind of outlines what happened. It says surveillance video from that morning shows the suspect's truck pulling up, parking, and the suspect walking to the home. About a minute after arriving, the victim's doorbell video captures faint audio, possibly Elizabeth saying hello. Seconds later, four gunshots are heard, and 20 seconds later, the truck speeds off. According to the suspect, to the investigator, the suspect allegedly came back to ensure that Elizabeth was dead. So the CCTV footage in that case is a lot shittier. It's not as good it's quality. from a distance. Yeah, but you can absolutely see the person getting out. It looks like she may be in a dressing gown, which for like I feel like it was like five or six in the morning when this happened because Elizabeth was getting up early to set up. So I absolutely it's like, still like been, dim out. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, not sunrise yet, yeah. So there's a lot of theories that, again, it was a woman and that the woman is in a dressing gown because maybe she just got out of bed and decided that she was going to go and do this. And I know a lot of the theories in that case revolve around Elizabeth's husband maybe having an affair. Um, But it just reminded, it has shades of Missy Beavers, that case. We've got a blog on it if you want to check it out, but that's another one that is still unsolved. Even though they had the suspect's car on CCTV, the suspect getting out, it was crazy. It's just, I think about that one so just randomly it'll pop in my head because the you literally, she just walks up to her, shoots her, leaves. And even like Elizabeth is like, hey, and then the lady, or the person just shoots her four times and then comes back to make sure she's dead. Yeah, it's just so strange. It, it, and obviously we don't know why, why Elizabeth was murdered, but if it was an affair, like sometimes these type of situations make people do crazy, crazy things. Yeah, one thing I was listening to today said like people – I don't know the actual percent, but people who have affairs, obviously there's a higher chance of becoming like a murder victim or a crime victim. Mm. So yeah, crazy. Definitely worth, I would definitely look up the Elizabeth Barraza case if you haven't heard of it before, because it's another one where you could just think of so many different scenarios of what could have happened. It's pretty frustrating. I can't imagine for the families, like there's no answers at all. I feel like the only kind of a difference with Elizabeth's case is that it was 100% targeted. Like someone drove to the house, oh, yeah. went there to shoot her. Whereas Missy, I guess there's a little bit of discussion about if it was or not. But Oh, yeah, this person won. showed up, shot her, left. Yeah. That is it for this episode. Um, I'd be interested to hear what you guys think. Maybe I'll put up like a Spotify poll or something or I'll put up an Instagram poll. Well, you already did the poll, right? Or you just did a text box? I just did the question box. So no, we haven't done a poll yet. All right. We'll do a poll when the episode comes out, if I remember. If I don't do it by the time you listen, send us a message and I'll put <laughs> one up. But I'll be interested to know what everyone thinks. I'm assuming most theories are going to be one or the other. Um, yeah, so let us know. But that's it for this episode. If you want to see any of the videos, whatever, it'll all be on the blog, like usual, truecrimesocietyblog.com. Um if you want to listen to these episodes without ads and a little bit earlier, we also do weekly bonus episodes. Check out our Patreon. You can get some more content there. Um, if you just search True Crime Society, it should come up. And follow us on Instagram or True Crime Society on there as well. Shocking. Um, 
And you can follow our personal accounts. Mine is StephSum underscore Olivia's TCS Olivia, if you want to see what we're up to. And, you know, leave us a nice note somewhere. Leave us a nice review. Share the podcast. All those things. And make sure you're actually subscribed on whatever platform because it's a big help to us algorithm-wise when you actually subscribe versus just remembering to go check in. So do that right now if you haven't already. Yes, thank you. Right now. Do it. Um, All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. Stay safe out there. Peace out. Thanks for listening. Peace out. Bye.